0: ABC. When someone is a highness, at what point do they become a majesty, the kind of person who would run a court filled with courtiers would have to distinguish between the sycophant and the saint? And by the way, why is an earl's wife a countess and what is she counting? Royal words, royal language. It's a royal mess and it can be royally confusing. Thankfully, someone is here to help you make sense of it all. His name is Professor Roly Sussex. Roly Sussex is an OAM, by the way, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland. And he's here willing and able to talk to you about words, language, and linguistics. Hello, Roly.
1: Good afternoon.
0: Your Lordship. Your Grace.
1: Oh. I'm not what a bishop, other...
0: come on. What, so this is where it gets confusing. Yes. Because you do need to master language if you are in the presence of royalty, don't you? There are appropriate terms and yes. one must abide by them or it's off with their head. Is yeah, that how it Well, works?
1: not quite these oh, days. But, okay. but no. They, if you look up the Australian Government Publishing Service, there's a, um, a special thing which uh, tells you what what forms of of address to use when you're talking to very, very senior people. And and so the the whole idea is that you get you get a, um, a a form of address which is appropriate. So your grace is, I think, a bishop, your highness, or your majesty. But after you've said that the first time, after that, when you're talking to the queen, you're just meant to say mum,
0: or sir if or, it's a king,
1: or sir it's a queen. I believe so. Yes. Okay. Um, in other words, you you uh, you don't keep on repeating these long formulae all the time. What once about is eminence? Enough. Who's an eminence? Eminence, uh, your eminence, uh, Eminence Grise. Is that this, the Pope? This is the cardinal, Cardinal Richelieu, actually. Uh, eminence is um, is from Latin, and it, it means someone who is very senior. And Cardinal Richelieu was the Eminence Grise, the grey eminence, the person behind the behind the crown who did all sorts of nasty things, including. Oh, besieging cities and getting people killed.
0: Oh, boy. Mm. Nasty business, that. Um, I wonder then, I mean, when it comes to royal terms, we've got the ways of describing someone who is a royal, but can we just pause and reflect on the word royal itself?
1: Mm. Rolly, where did that word come from? It comes from French, roi, R-O-I, which means king, and royal, which means Royal, and Neuport-Royal was the is, is the name of a place in France. So all of these things, a lot of them came from um, Norman French because in 1066 um, the French crossed the Channel and uh, Harold was beaten by William the Conqueror at the Battle of Hastings, and for about 300 years the language of the court and the upper classes in English was French. And a lot of the words in, say, our modern legal usage and quite a few of the royal ones as well, like like you mentioned Countess a moment. That comes from French comtesse, And uh, the French don't have earls, at least not quite like that. They have, they have Counts, Monsieur le Comte, and the wife of one of those is a Countess. And we happen to have applied it to both the wife of an earl and a count. Hmm. I think it's because there was a, a, an extra level of seniority in English.
0: I see. But
1: it, get, it gets very complicated.
0: It does. And throne, Roly is that French too? Uh,
1: throne? Um, is it's ultimately Greek, and it means an elevated seat. I see. So that if you're on a throne, you are somewhat above the rest. And actually, the, the relative height is very important, not only in Europe, that, you know, you're meant to be at a level lower than the monarch, and there are some places in Africa we are not allowed to have your head higher than the level of the king. I see. It's great, great, great disrespect, which, by the way, also applies to flags in some countries, that they do not allow their flag to be flown lower than the flag of any other country. Hmm. I think the Americans are like that.
0: Dowage is another term you yeah. hear a lot. If there was still a, a, a partner of a... Royal who had passed away, they may be referred to as a dowager, though usually it's only ever a queen. A dowager duchess, I think. Um, and Sure, it, but what I guess is it's usually feminine.
1: That's right. She has money or property which she's inherited from a dead husband of rank. Okay.
0: Oh, so dower, dowry, dowager? That's right. It's
1: it related to dowry, but of <laughs> course dowry is at the other end. Huh. That's when you're getting married and it's the amount of money or gifts or whatever that is offered as part of the marriage. Settlement by which a man marries a lady. okay, And dowry is very important, still in India, for example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas uh, the, the dowager is someone who, after the passing of her, of her spouse, ha, has got all of the, the goodies left over.
0: Of course, at the moment, we have uh, a king ascending to the throne in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. assisted by his queen consort.
1: Consort, yes. And that is someone who is not a queen in her own right, like Queen Elizabeth II, but who is the wife of... Um, And so she's queen consort and consort comes from a word which means to accompany or partner, which in its way is rather nice. On the other hand, there's been some misuses. Uh, People have said that, that Charles is about to be coronated.
0: Coronated, yes. Yeah. What is that? I mean, the, the coronation uh, we right. know is coming up. Yes. And when one has been through the coronation and has been anointed as king. One
1: has been crowned.
0: Crown, not coronation. Exactly. Thank because you. Because crown is the I thing that, that, that goes mistake. on your head and yes. the act
1: of putting it on the head of the chosen person is to crown someone.
0: Right.
1: Uh, but the trouble is that the noun for the process of all of that is coronation. And people assume that, oh, coronation, there ought to be a, a verb in eight you know, uh, which, ought, which ought to be there for the process. So they invent coronate, which was never there anyway, isn't in the dictionaries, but it's getting quite, used quite a lot. But you can see how it came around. Absolutely. And it happened, it's a bit like orient and orientation because orient is the verb to do orient, meaning to organize something usually east-west in a church. And the orientation is the way in which the church is lined up or people's uh, ideological orientation. I see. But when you get orientation, you think, hang on, Asian means there must be a verb in A-T-E, so they invent orientate.
0: And we also invent uh, terms to describe the age associated with the ruler. We've heard a lot about this being a second Elizabethan age. I just wonder, what will King Charles be?
1: Well, uh, strictly speaking, Elizabethan is Elizabeth I. Right. Um, Although she was a Tudor. So you might have called that the Tudor Age, if you're mm-hmm. talking about the family of kings to which he belonged. Um, shortly after that, after the, um, uh, after the troubles in the middle of the 17th century, we had Charles II, and he was a Stuart. Um, and, of course, the current royal house is the House of Windsor. But you don't talk about a Windsorian period. I did look up Carolingian, because the Latin word Carolus became Charles in English and became Charlemagne in French. Because in Latin becomes che in French. Remember, castrum in Latin is a camp, and chateau, all right, is a related from it. So Carolus gives us Charlemagne, and there was a Carolingian dynasty, which was Charlemagne in his lot, about the 9th to the 11th centuries. And since we now have a King Charles, right, maybe this is a new Carolingian age, don't think so somehow. I can't, I
0: can't see it catching on, but we will wait and see. It's a, it's a little, see. Bit,
1: little bit stretched. Well, it's about a thousand years out for a start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to call it. But strictly speaking, Elizabeth II's reign was not Elizabethan age, number two. Uh, and I don't think, although people did call it the Elizabethan period, it really wasn't because that was just Elizabeth. What was it I. then? I don't think they, there was not a proper name for Windsor? it. Well, if it was going to be anything... Named after the house. It should be Windsor,
0: yes. Okay. Margie um, in Mackay, mm. you have a question, I think, about some of the terms you're hearing in relation to the funeral for Queen Elizabeth II. Good afternoon, Margie. Good afternoon but to both of you. Yes, please, Rolly, if mm. you can help. Yesterday I said the Queen is having a funeral fit for a Queen, and she is. Yes. I Then I became... Curious and wondered how did that saying come about? It, was there a particular monarch that started that? Now I, I imagine it might have been a king, maybe then a queen. Mm-hmm. Refer to.
1: I haven't been able to find. I, this is one of the phrases I went looking for when we got into this this period after the queen died, and um, I haven't been able to discover it. Of course, it changes with the gender of the of the monarch, so it's either fit for a king or fit for a queen, um, and it means something which is good good enough for. Now, I think there's about 800 and something products which are by royal appointment, uh, including teas and various other things. And they'll have to, all have to be rebadged because they're no longer, you know, for the queen, they're for the, for the king. And presumably they get their licences afresh. So I'm sorry, I can't tell you the origin, but I can, it certainly, if something is fit for a queen, it means of the absolute top quality.
0: Yes, I, I realise it's top quality. Yeah. And boy, she, is she having a top quality funeral?
1: Uh, Justi- well, justifiably yes.
0: Look, top, top quality funeral. And, you know. and
1: the British do pageantry rather well. Um, no, if you look at the TV coverage at the moment, it's very distinguished.
0: Mm. Margie, excellent question. Thank you very much. Uh, on the text line, Sue at Broadbeach, Rolly wonders, mm-hmm. is it court edge or
1: courtage? <laughs> yes, it's cortege. C O R T E G E. And if you're going to be really clever, the English dictionaries give it an accent. Which is the one which is top left to bottom right, cortege, the word is French, and it means a procession. And it is not cortage, because that gets mixed up with corsage. And a corsage, of course, is either uh, a beautiful flower arrangement with a lady wears for a special occasion, or a young man brings a lady to wear, or it's the upper half of a female garment, corsage.
0: All oh, right. Okay, um, John, you're in Cairns, and you have another um, question about a word that's been, you know, used a bit lately in, in part of the coverage for Her Majesty's uh, funeral. Yeah. What, what's the word, John?
1: You let it. Well, you didn't let it slip. You mentioned it. the one of the catafault party oh. has foot on their nose. Yeah. Uh, during the parade, and I wonder, Rolly, mm. what is the? How far back is the catapult known? Catafalque, uh, it's from Italian, catafalco, uh, which we got through French. And, and it means it's a decorated wooden framework around the coffin of a distinguished person. So it's, it's quite an elaborate sort of thing. It's not the coffin itself. Uh, it comes from French and Italian about 17th century. And I think the only time you'd hear it used, really, is when a, a person of great eminence has died yeah, recently, well? particularly royalty. Mike, have we? Yeah. Hello. The, the interesting but, one, what? by the way, is, is not so much catafalque, uh, but sarcophagus. Because sarcophagus is actually a tomb, but it comes from uh, a, an ancient Greek uh, combination. Now, the, the sarc bit is flesh, and the phag bit means eating. And it was, was a, oh, a limestone tomb, which was meant to consume a body in 40 days. Blimey. Okay. Weird.
0: Very. It's very... John, interesting. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. so did that answer your question, John, about uh, cat of yes. folk? I,
1: I have another bit of tip there on royalty. Yeah. Yes, go. We hear stone of Scone mm. is travelling to London for Charles's coronation. Mm-hmm. Mm. The um, Scottish thing back. <laughs> yeah, um, Scone is is, an, is an, uh, it's actually an ancient Scottish settlement, I think, um, and it, it's the place where the kings of Scotland were crowned. So it's got a very special royal sort of meaning, okay?
0: And is scone where scones, scones, That's right, that is scone and not scone. scone. Yes, uh, got it. Excellent. Yeah. John, well made uh, your point. Thank you. Rod, you're in Marucci door uh, with a question that I've often wondered about myself. Hi, Rod.
1: Hi there. Uh, nice to talk to you, Rolly, and thank mm. you very much for persisting with your show for all this time. It's nice to talk to you after all this time. Well,
0: Simple question. I, I persist Hi, with pleasure,
1: thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go on. Um, the, the royal plural, as mm. in we, um, I've often joked to people about that when they've used we incorrectly, but uh, I usually get a blank look. Where mm-hmm. does that come from? I think it was particularly Queen Victoria um, who used the phrase, we are not amused. Uh, because for a while in England, it was thought that I was a little bit um, you know, directing attention to me, the individual. And if the Queen said "we," it would be—it's called the royal "we," and it includes everybody, but means in particular uh, the head of the house. And so, when you say "we are not amused," it had a lot of force with it, hmm. and it became—it was quite followed by by quite a lot of other people, particularly in that phrase.
0: I mean, just given the role of you know the Queen as a defender of the faith mm-hmm. and. Being the queen, and there are so many—is it—is that the we? Because there's so many different jobs to do.
1: I, there are two so things. I think. One, one is you—you you say we, meaning I am sort of an inclusive, multiple thing, as you say. Yeah. The other one, I think it is in, included people around it. If you're giving a lecture and you say, "Let us assume,"
0: yes, I see. Right.
1: In other words, it involves everybody else in what you're thinking.
0: Yes, and what we say goes. Exactly. So I see. Okay. That's Very good. It. Very good.
1: I mean, you could sit there behind your microphone and saying, "Well, we are going to." proclaim mm. right and queen cat does it a you
0: know? Queen cat would wouldn't she patrick you're at harvey bay hello patrick
1: hi cat hi Rob. thanks for taking my call no mm. worries what's up um i'm just wondering with
0: the royal seal it has a picture of the crown at the top mm-hmm. and then elizabeth the uh, in roman numerals and yes. then an r at the end for regina i just can't yes. figure out how regina fits
1: in oh that's the latin word for a queen um so rex r-e-x is the word for a king and Charles signs himself now Charles R., which is Charles the King, all right? And Elizabeth signs herself Elizabeth R., or signed herself, and that was Elizabeth Regina or Regina or Regina, however you pronounce it, probably Regina nowadays in in the English form. So it's, it's a form of queen.
0: Okay. That's all. Well, nice and easy. Thank yeah, you. Very well good observation, yeah. Patrick. Thank uh, you.
1: And again, a lot of these things, they come from Latin or French one way or the other, and they took root as proper usage in English, and they've been there ever since.
0: We've got a message for you, Rolly, on the text line about Esquire. Mm-hmm. Um, our correspondent writes that they came across a gentleman who introduced himself as such-and-such um, such Esquire, mm-hmm. and our uh, texter is curious as to where this term originates.
1: comes from Latin, uh, the word scutum, S-C-U-T-U-M, which means a shield. And so this was a, a person of sort of middle rank who bore a shield, Bit like a knight or something like that, and esquire is the name which was used after men's names uh, until fairly recently. I think early twentieth century probably. You no know, James Fre- uh, James Smith Esquire. Um, it's now only used by American lawyers when writing to each other, uh, and even a lady can call herself esquire in American legal parlance. Other than that, the name of an old shield bearer has uh, passed into you know the this, this like Mister or something. Hmm. you know, it's a form of address, and then it's just fallen out of use entirely.
0: And Karen at Windsor, uh-huh, very good, excellent, ah. actually probably in the suburb of Windsor, but mm-hmm. Karen wonders um, where the term late comes from in reference to someone who has passed away oh, right, in the case yes. of, for example, yeah. the late queen.
1: Yeah, Late means, means something which has taken place recently or fairly recently. Okay. You know that the late, and it's usually followed by either a person's name or by their status or standing or position. No, so the late, um, the late dean of, 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 the, of the church or whatever, meaning they've recently passed away. Talking about passing, by the way, mm-hmm. um, um, really interesting was the fact that with the queen they said die. Now, you'd think that there are lots of euphemisms for dying, like passing or passing away or go to meet your I mean,
0: mother. I confess I've been using passing rather than...
1: That's an Americanism, actually. Is, is it really? It, yeah? but it just it, seemed
0: to be a less, it's sort of a gentler way of... It
1: is gentler. and ...talking about it. Particularly, well, if you're talking about the noun, the passing of the Queen, mm. meaning rather than death, death sounds a little bit confrontational, doesn't it? Mm. But the verb... It's almost as if the Queen is so distinguished that she doesn't need euphemisms. <laughs> and I know that most of the people I talk to, you, particularly if there's been a death in the family, you don't say, oh, you know, your, your mother died or something. That sounds very brusque, a bit rude. Um, whereas in the case of the Queen, almost all the media... Said die. Well,
0: I I suppose there can't really be much place for confusion, isn't it? I mean, in the original proclamation, you wouldn't want to get that wrong, so you kind of would have to speak in pretty clear terms, (laughs) wouldn't you? But it's also
1: almost as if she is so eminent that you got no need for euphemisms, but trying to find a nice way around it. Mm. You just use the word. And and this was almost universal around all the media. I was, I was quite impressed.
0: We'll have your last word in a moment, mm. Professor, but we will just briefly deviate from topic uh, to address the question from Sandy, who's been patiently holding. Sandy, thank you so much for waiting to put your question to Professor Roly Sussex. You're calling from Ningi, just near Bribey. Go ahead, Sandy.
1: Thanks, Kat. Hello, mm. Um The use of the word digitise yes. has
0: come into use Greatly.
1: Shouldn't mm-hmm. it be digital eye? Ah, no. Um, digit is the Latin word for a finger. And so digitize uh, has come to mean in computer terms turning something basically into a string of zeros and ones. And so you've turned something from an analogue, which is you know infinitely variable, uh, to a particular set of zeros and ones. Digital is the adjective. You know, a digital representation, a digital book, a digital picture, a digital whatever. And if you had digitalise, that would give another another extra area and we don't need an L. So digitise is to turning something into basically computer but m- computer oh. manipulable stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you
0: there very you much. Thank yeah. you, Bye. Sandy. Appreciate your patience. Professor Rowley Sussex joining you every Thursday afternoon to have a word in your ear. Professor, what is your last word
1: today? It's a royal one and I'm, I'd like to... Um, offer this in, in the sense that the royal family has been shown to have a rather nice sense of humour. And this is Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, talking to the Queen Elizabeth II, who was being offered a second glass of wine for lunch. And the Queen Mother said, do you think it's wise, darling, you know you've got a rule this afternoon?
0: <laughs> Pleasure and a privilege, as ever, <laughs> Thank Professor. You Thank you so much. ABC.